Hello and welcome to Crude. I'm here in Berlin, joined online by Misty in Berlin, Frank and Effie, as usual from London. Hey guys. Hello. And it's been a while since we've seen each other, since the holidays and we all went away for a bit, I think. Did we? Maybe not. I did. But yeah, looking forward to catch up. What have you guys been up to? Yeah, it has been a while since we caught up here on the podcast because we've had so many guests on and a lot of discussions. But, you know, let's remember that the crude cast, us four, we do a lot of shit outside of this. And (laughs) where do I begin? I was going to talk about me visiting my family. What a realization it was that living in London is my life. Going back just reverts me. I'm sure you can all relate. When you're with the family, I felt like I was just reverted back to teenage. And yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting feeling, but uh, I stayed for far too long. And so when I got back to London, I was just like the first day, like back at it, party, friends, going out, drinking, all the things. <laughs> I did love the fact that back home you were a teenager with a human footstool. Oh, yes, I did have one of my nibblings, my nephew, who... <laughs> Loved me, loved to see me so much, missed me so much that he, and I promise you, it was not my suggestion. He volunteered to be my human footstool. And I did <laughs> send you guys the picture of that because I was just like, kinkster in the making. <laughs> um, and another thing real quick, for those who follow the crude Instagram, you might see there's gorgeous red nails on there. They are mine. And while I was uh, back home, I had to get my nails removed. So it was another thing where I felt like this is not my identity. I need to get back where it's at. Nightmare. So it was such a nightmare. I felt like like a creature. How long did you stay actually? And why was it why was it too long? I was there for like three and a half weeks mm. weeks because it's you know, it's a bit far to travel and when I stay there I have to stay for a bit long. Um and I got COVID, it was just a disaster zone. So that's my update. A bit boring, but I can talk about other stuff later, but um that's enough for me. I get to play more than ever, actually. There is, there's like a, there's like a sex party group that I've partied with like since three years now. And now they're basically closing up their Charlottenburg base because um, the main couple, the central couple has this amazing place in Charlottenburg. They're moving to Mallorca for the last, let's say the last 20 years of, um, you know, sexy activity. They're going to open like a sexy bed and breakfast, I think. I mean, in Mallorca. Yeah, yeah. Crude trip. Yeah, Ca- Casa Berlin, it's going to be called. I, I, f- I don't quite know what the rules of the place are going to be, but I think it shouldn't. It should involve like breakfast, but also some sex stuff. So like now they're basically celebrating the fact that they're going to leave in April every other week. So they have like all these like farewell parties and, and they had a massive one. I mean, massive for the fact there was a private sex party at their place. And I think it was like maybe 40 to 50 people there. So pretty, pretty big. Nice. And what I... What I loved most about it was it was probably like at least a third or even more of gays. And these gays were so hungry for pussy, really. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I had so many gays asking me if they could eat me out. Like straight gay guys, obviously. They were very, very good at it. At least some, not all. Like I was very pleased. And the only gay, gay guy that was a bit um, killing the vibe at one point was a huge bear who kept falling asleep at the you know in the middle of the main mattress and taking space you know like snoring snoring like a bear (laughs) yeah and he was just like you know occasionally waking up from the from the people fucking right next to him and then getting like you know very turned on you try to kind of was he really high joined i think i think i mean at least some (gasps) yeah like g whatever must have been involved and i may have been part of the 
because he kept also then, you know, just like randomly touching. Definitely interfered with my interaction twice. Because like, what is this random arm that is trying to join? What's going wow. on? Yeah. I guess I mean, it's I love really like arms. being in like a winter cave, you know, bear hibernating cave vibe. So <laughs> coming to life. <laughs> it's it's an atmosphere for sure. Wow, that's a you it's really true. painted that's a great picture. way of summing it up. Yeah, <laughs> and we had and there was another like dick incident. You know, there were tons of people shooting their dicks up with this one. Uh, I've forgotten the name. Basically, makes your your vessels relax, so you have a lasting and very stable erection for like hours. So did you see people doing it like in front of you? No, no. They usually retire in a room and then they have some like doctors mm. that are there and like injecting it right into the That's hardcore. penis. So or, like, in the I'd tissue. like to be the doctor <laughs> Hang on, in wait. that situation. So, was the doctor at the sex party? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have one wow. like one of the gays is a doctor. And was it a real, like a medical doctor or just? Yeah, yeah. Like a professional. It was me. It was me. Not a I was going to say, yeah, was it you? <laughs> just wearing a white coat with your philosophy degree in your pocket. <laughs> one of the dicks just wouldn't come down again. I quite loved it. You know, it was, it was up for like eight hours. And I love when you was, say one of the dicks wouldn't come down again. I just picture that it's crept up to a shelf where no one can reach it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I wonder if that's painful, actually, eight hours. I think know. with this one, I mean, this isn't the first time I've seen this happening. With this one, I think it was. It felt weird at some point and got painful. But like God. another one where it had been up for like 11 hours or something, he felt completely normal. And it was just the other people were like, if it doesn't come out now, uh, you should take this seriously. And he had to go to the hospital. But this guy... They just had like wow. an you know, emergency emergency intervention. Like they got something from the pharmacy and then... Just hit it with a bat. Like, and then he was so happy about his flaccid dick. What do you oh take to God. make your dick go down? I don't know. I don't know huh. what they... And I only know what they do at the hospital because the, like, you know, all the guys who's that would happen to, they then told their story of how they had to go to the hospital and then they take up, you know, the blood that has coagulated and is wow. and black and Why? basically put adrenaline into your dick. So it's pretty invasive. I guess it's like a fun masculine story to tell. Like, oh yeah, this one time when my dick just wouldn't go down. Oh yeah. I don't uh, know how they yeah. do. If you're taking uh, Viagra, for me, this, it's a different sensation. If you're that hard from Viagra, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Mm. No, without, without a condom. It definitely doesn't feel the same. So like I think it's, it's almost condom, like it's an artificial feeding of blood. No, in no, your no, dick. no, it's the same. Actually, no, no, they did, they did say it's not the same because you're no, not getting. Not it doesn't respond to the actual arousal, mm. so it kind of feels mm. number number. Yeah, it's numb. Number. Like definitely, if you're <laughs> if you're fucking vulvas and you're taking those things, it's just. I don't think it's. I don't think it's necessarily worth it unless you're just there to. Yeah. Honestly, to worth it for who? Sounds good for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, honestly, I, I was, I was thinking that because one, the guy, the guy with the, you know, lasting dick, he has a very nice dick and he was just, you know, ready the entire time. And you could, you My could do other guy. stuff. You could have a cigarette, you could have whatever and fuck again. Did, yeah. True dream. I also well, if like, you guys like it so much, I hope you'll accompany him into the emergency room next time. You can hold his hand when he's there as well. Thank him, thank him for all the services rendered. I'm happy to join him there. But I do, I find it quite interesting in, in about having doctors there at the sex party. That should be a thing. It's like when you go to festivals and there's like a doctor's tent or like an ambulance. Yeah. But then you, when I picture like a bed, like a doctor's bed and someone in a white coat, I'm thinking about blood play, which is something I've been seeing a lot of lately. Really? Here in London, like needle play, blood, um, which is something that I'm personally interested in, like looking at, like shadowing people who are doing it and like eventually doing it for work and for pleasure. 
But and you've been um, seeing it in real life. It wasn't just like something you, people you follow, or whatever. No, I've like been seeing it at parties. parties. I've been okay, going okay. to parties that have included this as part one of the BDSM. So some parties that you go to, they'll specifically say that there'll be no piss play or needle play or blood play, mm-hmm. and some specifically have that. Mm-hmm. And so I've been going to a few of those. I did um, a blood play London. workshop here at Lux, nice. Studio Lux last, I think it was last year. It was really fun. There's this dominatrix, um, Empress Wu. She's really cool. You can look her up. And all of her, she she does a lot of blood play stuff and all of her branding and her images. It's, it'll be like her with two giant cuts of steak. Um, <laughs> it's just really like, it's incredible. It's, it, I, I we'll really love her images. She's an artist and a dominatrix. Yeah. Brilliant. But what's yeah, the attraction? Like to- you guys, you want to cut someone up and get the blood out, or Wait, do you want to let your own blood the out? What's the- just- ah. For me, I like I like blood. I like so if someone's getting spanked to the po- like if there's a paddle that has spikes on it, and then someone's getting spanked to the point where the blood is coming out and running down, I'll see it f- f- from a distance and run up to it and like lick it up. I like that. You know, I get it. So the p- impact play is impact and piercing, but also with needle play, like the best ones is when there are drops of blood coming down. So I like to like be like the third person and just say like like a vampire waiting to lick it up, right? Mm. <laughs> um, but then also uh, there's the needle play of decoration where it's like the needles form like decorations, or you can put ribbons around it. And I wanna I want to be able to do this maybe for work or for fun on a penis. And then decorate the penis with a beautiful ribbon and tie it up. That's with my twenty twenty four goal. Right, exactly. You kind of you still have the needles in there though because I feel like there's a very un uninvasive can, ways of you know, putting yeah, the needles stay in there. <laughs> I like the blood. I like the blood substance. I think again, it's this other really powerful bodily substance. Totally. I like the when I did the workshop, we did cutting. So we had these little razor scalpels and needles, and there was a sub there who was the volunteer. And Guinea so pig. we were doing the needles on him, and then pushing the needle through the flesh is really. Mm. intense and then also doing i found the cutting more intense though than the needles like actually cutting through flesh and then what we did at the end which i really liked was um so we would we each i think there was maybe six people at the workshop and then uh he was lying on his stomach and then we did the cutting and then we had these cupping thing you know where you do this like the suction so the cups. cutting was on the back and then we put these suction cups mm-hmm. so then as soon as you did the cutting you put the suction cup on it and that would suck the blood out so for a relatively, you know, not not something which was going cutting really deep or whatever, it creates a lot of blood. And then at the end, we removed the cups and some of the blood had coagulated. So it was these kind of blood cakes, but then some of it was still runny and we had gloves on and then we were like rubbing it everywhere. And it was just really, whew, it was really intense. Of that? I liked yeah. it. Are there pictures of that? There's um we took pictures, yeah. Four Chambered Heart, which is a porn company that my friends run. Check out the uh, Instagram. But they had a porn with this exact thing with the cupping and mm. the blood and it was all like, it was obviously real. And th- at the end when you remove the cup, it was a bit like jelly, a bit like this and then they were eating it and, put- and rubbing it all over each other. And that actually that actual film got removed because of the blood, but we went to like their 10-year anniversary party and they they screened it. So we got to see it. It was super intense, so I can't imagine. Yeah, so it's, it can be intense, but I guess you can just I don't know, dip in and out depending on your kink. How much do you think the the you know the blood kink is just coming from the fetish of like pushing boundaries or be you know be even taboo, do something babe. more? Yeah, yeah. It's all about doing the something more taboo, more destruction. Mm. You know, kind of like the movies that have this as a topic where you eat bits of the people you 
uh, sleep with, like uh, mm. raw. Only in Germany. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't ever seen many of those. <laughs> I think so. I mean, maybe an element of it. But then I also think vampires are always so sexy. There's this, you know, Carmina, I don't know if there's this uh, vampire classic that precedes Dracula about lesbian vampires. I don't know. I feel there's something about sucking blood that's very... Yes. Deeply Hot. sexy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm into it. So let's see by but, the end of the year how much blood we've um, sucked. The cutting, for, you know, how much how much of the attraction of it is from the fact that you're kind of playing with the vertigo of your own, the own destructive sides in you that you could harm someone seriously, maybe even get pleasure out of killing someone. Well, there's S&M <laughs> element. Wow, this is... Keep, keep going, Misty. Yeah. This is going somewhere. I think we, we, we've unlocked something here in Misty's darkest cupboard. The, you know, the holiday report. <laughs> I mean, what about you, Frank? What's your update? What have you been up to? I've been, some ways, been very quiet. In other ways, not. I'm having a party thing going now once a month. My co-hosts have disappeared off to... Central America and gonna have another one this week actually. No blood play, no real BDSM, <laughs> not that kinky. Human furniture? No human furniture, no. <laughs> no one to hold up my feet. Yeah, it's it's been developing quite well. We created a sort of a community channel for people who are interested in it and how many people how do develops. you have? How many people? Uh my place it's around mm. max on oh, the like low thirties max should be. Between 25 and 30, when our friends, Missy knows them too, um, when they come home, when they come back, their place is a bit more, it's by 50 to 60, I think. And we're going to have a, yeah, we're planning to have a party in April and have a theme, have a theme, like a dress up theme. So I don't know if you guys have what any ideas. What about a Jesus theme? You know, like <laughs> Easter, Easter, Easter is the kinkiest holiday. For real. <laughs> I was, I was thinking Barbarella, but yeah, <laughs> you just knocked <laughs> me off. I don't know what. You know, rising from the dead, you know. Isn't there that film, uh, Sacred Mountain? It's an, I think it's an Italian director, Sacred or Holy Mountain. I haven't heard of it. It's two hours of... Maybe, maybe you can screen it at the next party. I'll put it up in the show notes. It's just okay. a two-hour oh, yes. pseudo-religious madness fetish. But is sex in there or not? There is. Well, not explicit yet. It sort of alludes to it. Soft porn, but it's just two hours of imagery with Jesus going around. Toads being slaughtered, and I don't know. I'll put it up in the show notes. You guys are definitely, yeah, you probably actually from their conversation there a few minutes ago, I think you guys would probably get a kick out of it. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like a kind of party Does, that I'd like to host. Yeah, you can do Barbarella. I'll do Jesus and I mean, Toads. For sure, Jesus Easter vacation party. Like, it's clearly the perfect theme for a blood play party. You know? that's yeah, a big, it's shit. a big weekend in Berlin, too, because that's where they have, what is it? Oh, it's Folsom. And then it's also snacks, this big gay party. So all the gays are going to be in town. Folsom is this BDSM street fair, originates in San Francisco. I think the um, get lesbian part of it was has not really been active since the pandemic. And apparently they're going to, I don't know if it's like the Dyke Conference or something like this. I can't remember what it's called, but... um. I've heard that's happening again this year, so I would like that to sounds go to good. That. I for is- sure will be in Berlin, so let's make it. Let's investigate. Do you, um, do you have a party coming up around that date? I do, so that's why I asked. So I'm actually going to be turning forty this year. Woo! Yes, so I um, decided to have like a big birthday, like fuck off party for that, which is the weekend after this. So that's why I was like, hopefully it's not the same weekend. Mm-hmm. So. If the crew team wants to come to London on the 5th, 4th of April, I am celebrating my 40th. And not only that, 
I've been in London for exactly 10 years mm. and I thought that was worth celebrating as well. Sure. You know. If you, so you came it? on your birthday? <laughs> no, I actually came in uh, end of Jan. Okay. So it's this year, yeah. yeah. To Berlin, um, 1st of February, seven years ago. Oh, well, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it's been seven years. I know. They say, Just we were talking about that. They say um, all of the, your skin, right? All of your cells yeah. are regenerated every German seven now. years. Yes. Like, God, that's why yes. it looks so wasted now. <laughs> <laughs> Only been regenerated in fucking Berlin. You're in the middle of that, like, you know, when the snake sheds its uh, scales. Or it's, you know, you're in the middle of that. And I'm really glad to, that we're witnessing it. Like, oh, God. for those who are just listening, we can actually see each other. And it's, what's going on with you? Um, Elle, would you like to tell her? I'm good. Yeah. I, what have I been up to? I'm working very hard. I'm doing an exhibition that's opening in March at the Schwules Museum on the history of sex work in Berlin. And that's, that's while I'll be in Berlin. So I'm working super intensely. And then I don't know if it's just post-pandemic stuff, but I feel like I'm in kind of like a Scrooge phase where I'm like, I don't know. I feel I sort of spent so many years doing all this stuff. And then I'm just in a phase where I'm a bit like, I don't care, especially with new people. Like if I go to a sex party, I'm like, why? Why? (laughs) Like, Mm. I just not, I don't know what it is, if it's just a, a life phase, but I'm. It sounds uh, like so opposite to what you've been doing in the past, you know. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think that you're just feeling like unsatisfied or things are unsatisfactory or just drained? You know, that's what it sounds like a bit to me. I think it can be drained. I think it's kind of getting to the end point of something. I often say that I feel like I live my 20s like a man on speed because I had birth control and I was also taking Adderall. (laughs) Uh (laughs) So I never had my period. And then with sex work, with a lot of these things, I feel like I just kind of instrumentalized my body in a way. It was a lot about, especially going to sex parties, like the power of doing stuff and being seen to do stuff. You know, the same with clients. Like, I can do this. I, I'm feeling the power of of being active in this situation, for example. Mm. And then I feel, feel at the moment I'm kind of in this phase of like, but what do I really want? Mm. Um, so I think I'm connecting to something different in myself, but mm-hmm. I think that takes some time. And every time I think I'm coming out of it, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, this is I'm definitely not, a subject I'm we not should there explore yet. further. You know, do you feel like there's this performative element? Like so when you're when you're at work, you're full on performing. And sometimes when you go to sex parties, because I have this too, performing, and I like to do it, but it can, you know, can drain. Yeah, I think I just got to the end of the road with something and I'm like, okay, what is it that I want now? And what am I actually interested in now? And I think sometimes those things need a bit of time and space to figure out. And if I, I there was a period where I was like, oh, no, I'm going to go to this thing. It'll, I'll, it'll be interesting. And then I'm like, no, I'm just not <laughs> that interested anymore. I'm not really feeling the vibe. Mm, Maybe processing certain things because sometimes I'm like the only kind of sex I want right now is just to get banged. (laughs) So I feel like I'm kind of gang banging myself out of trauma. Like that's really the only. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to think too much. You just need to lay there and cop it. And you know, there's there's medicine to that. Like I feel. I remember like you also had a gang bang recently when you were in London, and both of us, our pussies were feeling just a bit like not 100%. But somehow having those big cocks in there was like clearing it out like I will not do anything for anyone else right now unless I would be paid to do it babe (laughs) and then in a gangbang like there's I'm just like it's just simple to me mentally and then if I'm in another situation I'm like okay I can see how what what I would do here but then I'm like why I wouldn't maybe it's also the pandemic and processing certain things and just being like okay I'm I mean I have the same with drugs and alcohol I don't drink now so maybe it's also kind of processing like that that came to the end for me so then 
how do I want to relate? You know, what, what, what kinds of things do I want to do? So that also changes. In general, there seems to be some kind of shift that has occurred post pandemic. And I think it's something to explore, to think about. Oh, I don't want to think too much about it, but also we can't ignore it. Yeah. Everybody went away and everybody had different experiences and people spent a lot of time. I mean, it depending on what you were doing, but I think also like the world slowed down in this way. And then we all just went back into this normal pace of life. That's also unsustainable for a lot of people. So people's energy is different, whether it's boosted, because now you're like, oh, okay, I want to do everything. Or you're like, oh, I got used to not doing as much. And that actually suits me a lot better. Yeah, I think it was just a very intense period. And people don't talk that much about how we're still adjusting. But I think we really are. I think it needs to be, yeah, we can't ignore it. Elle, when you come to London soon, I'll be arranging a gangbang for you. Just for medicinal purposes, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Can't wait. I have to caveat this because I have another friend who's also a total slut. And we were talking about it the other day. And and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just in this phase. No, no, no. And then he was like, oh, yeah, me too. And So we were kind of relating and then he was being like, but I think it's, you know, it's good to really like see how you do without pursuing sex all the time and having sex all the time. I was like, yeah, no, I feel like I'm really in that. Sorry to laugh. And then I I was saying like, yeah, no, like now I haven't had sex in a week. He was (laughs) like, that's not what this means. Like exploring not having sex is not having sex for like months. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I think I also need to caveat that like me being like, I'm just really not sexual anymore is probably like, no, no. If I don't have sex for a week or two weeks, I start thinking my libido's gone. I start getting depressed. I think I want to die. Yeah. It's that bad. What if it doesn't come back? What if I don't want it? What if I don't feel like this again? But that's uh, how I start to panic. That's how I get after about a week. Like chicken up um, with you. But then I also think I was very like, I need something always, you know, usually for me in the form of dick. Like I need, I need this excitement. I need this. And I also associate, maybe when you ask about the phase, it's a little bit about that. Like I need this, you know, when you take drugs in your twenties, you know, you're like, I need this night to be special. I need it to be kind of this like like going to the end of something. Do you know what I mean? And then I really feel like I want to just, I want to have a more balanced relationship with all of that and be kind of like, okay, I'm enjoying what I'm enjoying, but I'm not seeking all the time. And I guess maybe you're exploring that. I think we all are. 2024 is our year. Nah. <laughs> Didn't we say that back in 2020? <laughs> phase, phase things for me usually changes with what kind of relationships I'm in. So I don't know if that was something L or Effie or Misty does an impact on how would probably have an impact on your behavior because I'm definitely in something more serious the past. We've been seeing each other for a while now, but it's definitely been more serious for the last two months. And got off all the apps, dating apps Ooh, for the first time serious. in years. Unbelievable. Oh, I want really? to have all this time. Wow. I want all this time back. It's incredible. It was just it's so much it stress out of my life. The stress of uh, swiping. Swiping, yeah, because well, oh, if you're God. a guy of uh, also of a certain age, you need to you need to be on there swiping and writing and writing and you know what's mm. your favorite color. Apart from more time, obviously, mm. when you're in a relationship, then you have different dynamics as what you do or what you can't do, or maybe even different rules and so on. So, can I ask? You when you say relationship, you're talking about a romantic relationship, and are you both exclusive? Or well, obviously, you do the play parties. But I'm curious about your dynamic. Uh, well, at the moment, for a while, we've been, we well, exclusive. We don't see other people alone. Alone. But we are meeting up with other people in group contexts, parties, and so on, which at the yes. moment is actually fine. I was, it's just a strange situation for me to be in, even compared to the last couple of years where 
I'm I'm thinking that wow yeah I'm actually not I'm not in an exclusive relationship and I'm not having that much sex except for and then you think back in the last few weeks like well there was the fivesome the party the this the this <laughs> yeah I relate to you that know? <laughs> and if you wrote it down you'd Nothing never in your mind on. dream of saying it's exclusive but yeah it's somehow exclusive it's amazing it's good mm-hmm. but uh, we see it's it's new for me it's a novelty so we'll see how it how it develops but it it definitely feels nice to make you know quality over quantity regarding yeah. the play and then also just be, be in a relationship again uh, for the first time in a couple of years with someone nice. who's sane You've got a lot to give frank oh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, i hope so let's see you've been going to lots of movies and being yeah. disappointed one movie after the other but i've seen i think two the last while were great. Just saw All of Us Strangers the other night, which we were I talking about. I really I saw want to that see that as well. There was not a dry eye in the cinema. Oh, we can't talk about it then because but it's, let's it's not amazing. Talk about no, it, but... Well, speaking of films um, that we may or may not recommend, um, <laughs> we have to talk about poor things. Uh, I have to talk about poor things because <laughs> I yes. have spent weeks raging about this movie. Uh, well, um, I'll testify to that. I've, yes. I've heard some of this rage. <laughs> Our crude WhatsApp group has been um, <laughs> talking about this. So let's tell yeah, Frank, what are you talking you about? You liked it, I guess, which is Originally. okay. I'm not judging you. Um, <laughs> can I can I say <laughs> why I liked it before we get into any other discussion about go this? Is it. that um, why I liked it? I like to go to the cinema. I like a bit of this to escape. I like the imagery. I like the pictures. I like the music. I got very bad feeling and vibes off on some of the politics in which we're going to talk about now but I think just as a spectacle spectacle to go and see it I enjoyed that aspect of being in the cinema I think if I'd seen it at home on a streaming service I wouldn't have got that kick out of it so I think that's the only reason I think I liked it yeah this is my general sense that the people who don't have strong views about it they still say well just on the on the sense of um an aesthetic fable basically I feel I love Yorgos Lanthimos. So I did. I hadn't read a lot about the film. My partner actually developed it. So we were really excited to go and see it. He didn't know what was in it. And so I didn't really know what it was about. Uh, but I love Yorgos Lanthimos. So I was really just like, okay, this is going to be great. So exciting. And then in the first half of the film, my heart just sank. I was like, oh my God, it's this born sexy yesterday trope. I don't know if you guys know what this is. No, what is um, it? So I think it was 2017, this, what is he called? This like, he's some critic, pop culture detective, I think, coined this thing that we kind of all recognize. And it's, um, I'll just read to you the definition. It's a science fiction convention where the mind of what's essentially a naive yet highly skilled girl is written into the body of a mature sexualized woman. Born Sexy Yesterday is about an unbalanced relationship dynamic, but it's also very much connected to masculinity. The subtext of the trope is rooted in a deep-seated male insecurity around experienced women and sexuality. So, so which is why you're taking someone with an infant brain. Yeah. Place it in like actually like a super sexy conventional attractive body. Yeah. And I think I'm used to him making very sophisticated points in his films or like the lobster to me, dog tooth. They have this really developed language that's all their own. I thought Poor Things was also, even though I like the costumes, for me, it felt like these kind of a little bit fringy directors who then make their f- huge Hollywood film for which they have a lot more funding and they try to do everything and it just loses 
the coherence and the beauty of, of their earlier films. Like I felt it was back and forth. Now she's rapidly aging. She speaks a lot. Like it wasn't even her kind of develop, quote unquote, development was patchy to me. Because I mean, it's so much this born sexy yesterday trope. And then also this Frankenstein, which we can talk about the links to that. What other movies? Ah, the like- Fifth Element would be the classic. Okay. Tron, Legacy. Mm-hmm. It's in a lot of sci-fi stuff. And it's also like Planet of the Apes. The very kind of male fantasy of a woman's sexual self-discovery that didn't have any kind of int- interiority of what she was experiencing. Have you seen Call Me By Your Name? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So like compare that cucumber scene with the peach scene from Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. And in the book, he eats the peach. Mm-hmm. So it's this beautiful, Hot. emotive thing of wanting to belong to the other person. And in the film, he just, I think he licks it. And then mm-hmm. Elio is like... No. And that's sort of enough for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For film. I'll never Hmm? forget that scene. I watched that scene with my 13-year-old daughter. She liked Timothy Chalamet and I sat there and he starts eating the peach and she just said, can you, can you please fast forward this? Your your daughter said that? Yeah, I think it was the most awkward moment in her entire life. Well, have you seen Saltburn? Because there's also a similar scene where there's the bathwater, again, spoiler, the bathwater that, um one of the characters is jerking off in and then the obsessed guy comes in and like digs his face in the bottom of the, of the, of the bath water, mm. which is also like mixed up with cum and it's just like oh, so hot and so nice and you can understand like where it's coming from and like, you know, the, the nastiness of it all in but this no, film. But what did, you, what did you specifically despise about the cucumber scene? I felt like it was very to shock us, Salic. you know, when it's like, I love a scene of discovering sexuality through fruit. Like I'm all about it, but it just, it showed it in a way where I think the camera kind of pans over her face and then she's just put something in and then it's like, Ugh. and then it's also, you know, the shots of Emma Stone's nipples. It's all so sexualized. And so you as the viewer and the director is taking on this role of kind of knowing better than her. I didn't find it this of call like call me by your name of or other films about sexual self-discovery as because there was no real emotional counterpart to anything we were seeing. Yeah, and then I thought the whole Lisbon I didn't like the Lisbon scenography. I liked London and Paris because they were kind of gray and I thought they looked amazing. There was some really amazing shots, really amazing costumes. For sure. I could really uh, maybe part of the reason I it pissed me off so much is cuz in a way, I could really relate to it. Like Mark Ruffalo, I've had those conversations with men in my 20s. Like when he comes out and starts banging his head against the counter. I remember I had this, I when I was one of, I don't know, when I first went to university and I was fucking this guy and then we didn't fuck for a while and then I fucked someone else. And then I just told him about it because he was like, oh, we're very chill. Everything's, you know, we're just fucking. And then I told him and he had this complete Mark Ruffalo moment, completely freaked out. Wow. Ended up like writing an email to this other guy <laughs> who I'd fuck being God. like, how does it feel when you're a vulture like coming in to take meat after like the lion has killed the prey or something? I was like, oh, wow. So I'm like, this is I'm literally a masculine. carcass in this metaphor. <laughs> wow. But that Unreal. kind of thing where you are, you're just like, oh, you're telling me like, you know, this is just about sex. And then when you say that, and then men are just, what? <laughs> and then completely lose their shit because it's not the script they've been quite- given. I thought the male characters were just, I think that was the director's nod to what he thought was feminism. They were just very weak. They were caricatures. They were cardboard cutouts. Where They, they were all there as foils to the comedic self 
development or self-empowerment of this woman but through sex. what else are like most of the men that we come across in our lives? Like that to me was the most accurate. <laughs> no, no. It's like but in Barbie, Ken like... was my favorite part because I was like, this portrayal of, of like masculinity, yeah. this I relate to. Even oh I God. thought Barbie, which we were laughing the about this review down. that said it was like Barbie for people who like Bjork about poor things, which I would say even Barbie showed more interiority from female characters. Showed more of their motivations, more of what they, you know, than poor things which showed zero. That was the character. That's the picaresque part, isn't it? It's the complete naivety of her showing up the world as corrupt. Because you said earlier about Frankenstein, you know, this is this is one of the the power of Frankenstein as well as that shows up other aspects about the society around Frankenstein through just not knowing anything and through asking questions. Frankenstein does that through being this like hideous composition of dead body parts. So there's this tension in Frankenstein between between seeing and speaking. Everything in Frankenstein is told through narrative, right? It's told through like letter. And so I think exploring that tension is so interesting, but what tension is there between like this, you know, language and sight, which Frankenstein cuz he's he's eloquent, he's caring, he's loving, but he's hideous. And so that's what's playing out. And then in Poor Things, she's in the body of a skinny, hot, white woman, you know? So, like, what tension sure. plays that, out there? Because I thought, like, Frank's point was right, that, you know, the uh, male characters are clearly, like, stereotypes, like, complete cliches or, you know, extra- exaggerations, which makes sense in a, in a parent. So I don't even think it was that exaggerated. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> I've met those men. Yeah, very typical, well, not I, even stereotypical. I don't know, I feel them. like I haven't met those kind of men in, in, a, in a while. But then, but still, I think they're still part of the mm. comedy, clearly. So I thought them could still ask, what's the, the reason behind the dramatic choice of making her this infant? And I thought it is about finding out what does it mean to discover lust, you know, a sexual pleasure outside of societal conventions. And then you can ask, well, does it does it get you anywhere interesting? You know, I'm going to discover society, including my, and including, you know, sexual pleasure from this complete outsider, un- uneducated perspective. I even think it is discovering sexual pleasure. I think it's discovering how she can be positioned for the sexual pleasure of others. She was like, I didn't very see, she doesn't menstruate. There's no kind of like exploration of her emotions. I love this quote from a, I think it was from a vulture review that says, poor things comes across as a pretentious 14 year old boy's idea of female becoming. If that boy had a criterion channel subscription, <laughs> like an art house cinema. Oh, she does clearly enjoy the furious jumping, right? She does come, even though the orgasms aren't particularly realistic or whatever. She's she's meant to be this, I don't know, I, I enjoy my sexuality. I discovered my sexuality completely outside of the you know framework of shame. This is the only guilt. development she makes is through sex and sexuality. This is the only thing you mm. see in it. And the only other part that has an, an impact on her emotional inner life is seeing the desperately poor people, slaves in the Maghreb, was it in North Africa? In Alexandria, yeah, that part was Alexandria, sorry. And this was, Mm. this was the only other element in it which could have formed to educate her and she didn't even learn anything from that because her naivety just got her ripped off by the two people. I think it's interesting because I think that was part of the reason I wanted to talk about it because I think when I've, and it's, it's interesting how much, how many people have responded to it. Like I think in The Guardian, it's literally like every staff writer is like, is it a feminist film? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has to have a take. And I think it is because it is this kind of female empowerment narrative. And then often people are falling on two sides. And one is this like sex work exclusionary radical feminist. We call them swerve sides. You know, it's it's terrible. 
Um, and they often fixate on the brothel part as being sort of the most debased part of the whole thing. What I'm saying is I don't agree with either. I think the people who are really critical of the film who, who say, oh, it's this glorification, I don't agree with that. For me, the sex work part was the only good part of the film. I was I like, I have to agree. The relatable After part. Alexandria, I was like, I need to walk out of this film. I cannot take this. And then she goes to this magnificent brothel with dicks in the windows. It's attached to a church. And I found that really relatable that she's making this decision. It's not the last resort, but it's the resort that makes the most, or it's the thing that makes the most sense in her circumstances, mm-hmm. which I think was a cool way to show it. And just a lot of those. Did you find it plausible? Because there was one criticism that I read that, um, you know, when she when she tells some punters or some some people work, but that they stink or that they smell, and then uh, she still has... You know, she's oh, but she still absolutely. sleeps with them and enjoys and enjoys the sex with them. So, so you're saying that the fact that she still had sex with them regardless of their body odor was like on like unrealistic. Yeah. Because it's actually it's very it's realistic. so relatable. It's very relatable. And he still has to do. He's still got to get that coin. No, so that she would still, she would still sleep with them, but she would still enjoy this. Like it wouldn't really diminish the enjoy pleasure. Enjoy the sex the is questionable because it depends. It really depends. And I don't you have know, a sense of sense of smell. You know, we can say this. <laughs> Did you say you don't have a sense no, of smell? No, it's my least good sense. <laughs> but for me, like it can be quite potent, but at the same time, like you can still enjoy the sex because at the end of the day, it's two humans. You're both there for a reason. And there's a there's a compassion part of it, and I have to I have to I was thinking with the set brothel scenes that it showed her compassion. This was the part that showed her being a human in the world, and having transactions and meeting with people and talking to them and being real with them. And I think that was the yeah. most relatable part as well. And they show that it takes a toll. Like she's, yes. I think it after, I don't know if it's it, is it after the smelly client that then she's there and you can see she's tired, she's and then the other sex up. worker brings her a tea. And mm-hmm. so you see that it's it's not this like, oh my God, this was the worst thing in the world that people who have never done sex work and think that it's terrible, yeah. that they imagine. Mm-hmm. It's work. You're just like, oh, that was rough. Like I need mm-hmm. a shower. But mm-hmm. I think that become, that in itself becomes so fetishized in the minds of anti-sex work people that when I was reading the reviews and it was like the scene where she's tied up and there's this guy humping her leg and she's like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. you know, to, I, that was so relatable to me. Totally. And to me that just read like, oh, she's kind of bored and a bit like, oh, what the fuck? It's probably the last client of the day. And she's like, please let this be over. Yeah. Thank, actually, and kind of God. also yeah. being like, how has how my life got here? This is sort of like funny, bored, whatever. I could I thought that was great. But totally. then that was like what people who you know, these, some of these reviewers were like, and the deepest like depth of her objection or her Oof. misery. And it was just from, at least from sex party experiences where I've definitely slept with uh, people that I wasn't feeling particularly compelled to sleep with. Mm. And then some people like, how could you do it? Why are you doing this? You need to, I don't feel like my soul is taking any harm from no. it. No. It's like people it's just pushing like their I shame onto you, <laughs> forcing you to feel shame for something that they have an issue with. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's okay for people to be like, how could you do that? Yeah. For anyone at a sex party situation or anyone who gives someone their number in the street and for someone who does sex work with someone that other people might find undesirable. Yeah. What did you make of the da- of the dad scene? Because, I mean, I, I have to admit that this is definitely one of my biggest um, fetish, you know, fetish fantasies. Uh, you know, p- people are bringing their kids and um, they're being taught sex on me. The dad so scene? I really like I really like that scene, you know, when the dad brings his sons up to learn about sex. Oh, I heard yeah. they had the to edit sons. that a lot before cinema, apparently. There was something, I don't know what it was. I was quite surprised by someone because I watched The Favourite yesterday, which was his oh, first... I love The Favourite. His first commercial film after well. Dogs and the Others, even though... Killing of a Sacred Deer got a lot of got a lot of press because of the actors in it. I think I watched the favorite yesterday, and Emma Stone plays. 
in parts almost a similar character, but she's not at all. She knows exactly what she's doing and she's playing with it, even though she's open and seems to be happy at what she's doing. And to see how complex the characters were in that. And Emma Stone has this this sort of lackadaisical, naive perspective in parts of it as well, but then but then she doesn't. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's a criticism of the film. I think Poor Things, you know, is a spectacle. I enjoyed it. But then on the other hand, you need to talk about some of the some of the stereotypes were just, just reinforced in it. Do people think have a problem with the dad and son scene? Missy, you said that was like a, a fantasy of yours. The Would first you... thing I thought of was <laughs> Elle's story of the, of <laughs> the, the dad uncle, and son. Yeah. Sorry, the that son. Was, I was watching it just thinking of you, Elle, at that story you told us. I've heard about that as well. The people really love that story as well. Like, it is a fantasy. One of the best moments of my life. <laughs> yeah, but like, is it still a fantasy if it's like, if you're working um, and as an escort and, and and they come in, it's not as, as satisfactory as if you do it at a sex party. So it is still cute, but I think it would be hotter if they actually came to an event mm. in a public with situation. With a child? <laughs> no, well, no, with the son that's not wow. young. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 maybe, no, no. Maybe, no, I mean, they were, me pretty, they were pretty small, that's true. They were very <laughs> small. They were, too, they were too small. But like, give them another 10 years and then bring them down. I wouldn't have sure a problem. <laughs> I think it is in these narratives of now that, you know, you've Barbie has tried to do it. This, this, these narratives of, of female empowerment. It, it makes me think of this come as you are book, which I really like because I think it shows however your views about sex or whatever you're feeling, it's all, there's no normal. And I think with this kind of thing, it feels to me like it's maybe that's why it bugs me so much. Like, as I've said, it feels like, Oh, anytime when I've been talking about work and sex to like men, and especially to clients, and they're like, oh, you should really write a book. Oh, my God. And the amount of times I hear that. Right? And it's just it's this so kind many. of, I've thought about many different ways to express myself, but you telling me to, like, write a memoir, it's your fantasy of my yes. story, which is that I'm this sort of, like, super sexually open, always available, and that yeah, that happy. has implications for me. And there's all of the other side. I think, as I was talking about earlier in the podcast, of, like, what does that mean? What does that mean as you get older? What does that mean as you, all of these things that it doesn't delve into in any meaningful way so it's almost just like this or for me it felt actually really like this someone heard because I identify with things the brothel all of this and it's just like a man heard that and is like oh I'm gonna write this story about how this is really empowered but what did you think was the main problem of the empowerment uh story like what did you just not think that it was that it was incredible that someone is exploring sexuality outside of the frame of like conventions norms and shame or that is like, you know, are there other counterparts of empowerment stories that you found very believable? Of empowerment story, I think it just, for me, it was very surface level. And like you said, oh, maybe it was believable that she got pleasure from sex and she came and everything. But for me, it was very still this, what's her name? I think her name is Laura Mulvey. She talks about this traditional exhibitionist role given to women in cinema, this like being looked atness. And to mm-hmm. me, everything happened within that frame. And even if mm-hmm. I talk about my story and, oh, I like this sexual thing and whatever, and men listen to that, I still feel like they receive that in the being looked at frame. Mm -hmm. Um, That that you're doing it for them, that you're telling that story so that they can hear it and get pleasure from it. Yeah. And then they can hit me up whenever they want. Like it leads to all of these Mm -hmm. things. Sure. For me, I think it was the, it's not that the, there's a problem with having sex with whoever you want, but it, it was, it was a surface level voyeuristic take on that. And it ultimately, even within the narrative of the movie, was all about how she was then considered. All the men like loved her. It was still this manic pixie dream girl, another trope of like mm-hmm. then how in being sort of offbeat and a bit crazy, then all the men fall for her. 
So for me, it was just these kind of classic cinema tropes, which he maybe thought he was subverting in making her then in Born Sexy Yesterday, she usually falls in love with the father creator figure in the classic trope. So then some of the reviews were like, it's a beautiful subversion of the trope. And I'm like, no, there's a problem with the trope. If we don't have a better way for being in your sexuality than a baby brain in the body of a developed, sexy, skinny, white woman, like it's no... I don't yeah, think that's yeah. leading anywhere productive. Enough. It did let me rage. It did let me get out a lot of rage. <laughs> but Which then I good. also rage a lot of movies that I don't like. <laughs> Talking to my girlfriend about this after we watched the film, we were trying to think of examples of other films where there was a more complex female character who became empowered, like be it and a picaresque, naive character, be it whatever one of the tropes you take. If there was one and we couldn't think of any films where the female character wasn't in this case in poor things was sexual in other films some uh, bigger films the last few years like uh, titan titanium a french movie that won the palme d'or in 2021 the woman she was she's basically a, she's a psychopath her entire character is based on how she's able you know she, she doesn't take any shit she develops she becomes part of a car <laughs> but um <laughs> there's lots of examples of these ex- extraordinary women but their development is through violence or it's how violence or sexuality in the case of poor things. But we couldn't think of any other films where the characters developed through their mission as it would be, mm. say, in a lot of say, male they, hero yes. films. Where they get, where they actually achieve success. Achieve success, not own. through just someone battling some trauma to make it in a male world, but someone who can develop their character in other different ways, not through right. just through sex or violence. I don't know if it's, I mean, it's still through sex and violence, but I just finished watching on Netflix, Alias Grace. Have you guys seen that? No. It's a it's series, it's written by Margaret Atwood. So I think one of the poor things problems is it's on, about, based on a book written by a man made by a man and alias grace is is based on a margaret atwood novel and it's a i don't know maybe six part series and you have this sense in poor things because she's she's a poor um woman i think 1800s comes to canada and at every turn she's blocked by men like try you know fetish and and the men aren't one-dimensional characters in the same way it's more interesting and how she responds to that to survive. And a lot of it's about her interior mental and emotional state, her attachment to other women and how she integrates that. I watched it just also a bit with poor things in mind because it's the same kind of time period. And um, I thought it was great. Because I see, you know, there's something problematic about the premise just by itself, you know, putting the baby brain into like, you know, a beautiful, contentedly attractive uh, skinny woman. But then is your criticism fair? You know, if one of the main criticisms is there is no inner life to this empowerment story, like we, there's literally nothing, there's no subject really to relate to because it, it only becomes like a, a relatable adult, like in the last third of the movie, let's say. Um, and the bits where she like confronts convention and d- doesn't know how to behave on dinner, t- you know, at the dinner table is not interesting enough and maybe funny. Like I thought, I thought it w- the dance was funny. Oh, then. I love the dance. Yeah. Agree, but then you know, if if this is the premise, like clearly there won't be interesting emotions to relate to or to get you through the empowerment story for most of the movie. You know, it's a it's a toddler developing clearly. But what were you saying, Misty? That you I, I don't get the end of your point. Well, the point was just like you know, I, I wonder how fair your criticism is, given that it is it seems just in conflict with one of the premises of 
of the movie. And then you can say, well, this just shows that postulating that we're looking at an infant discovering sexuality maybe isn't the best premise to look into female empowerment stories because yeah. it won't give you any of the interesting emotional development of a, you know, of, of a human subject. Yeah. But I, I think I would say that I don't think it's an accident that that's perspective that a especially a man goes through to explore these things because the whole mm. born sex yesterday mm. is the point that she doesn't have a sexual history. It's not, cha she's not challenging. And then the fact that we can then even you, I felt like even him as the director, like panning over her face, there was this kind of, there was this voyeurism that to me was really uncomfortable. And that was like, okay, now I am, I am laying bare this story of female mm. empowerment through this woman who doesn't have any mental capabilities. It just, I'm not like scandalized by it. But I just found it really boring. And I think maybe it is because yes. I really like him and I would expect he, all of his films, I just think, say such interesting things about language and people and society. And they're so anthropological. So mm -hmm. going in with that expectation and then also all of this flurry of empowerment stuff after it, which I don't even like the term empowerment, to be honest. I think it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. Well, people only like talk about it in context of female empowerment. Just to come back to what you said there, Missy, that one of the, um, that one of the, I thought one of the very male gaze aspects of it was almost this patronizing idea that for a woman to f um, feel her sexuality and develop in that way, she would have to be naive. Therefore, you know, no shame. Mm -hmm. The conventions mm -hmm. are holding her back, and I think this is this became problematic for me as I look back in the film and that. Yeah, it, it would be a kind of a male idea that, you know, oh, if only she didn't feel shame and if only women banged around more, they'd be a lot happier. Yeah, and this was but it is very much an aftertasting. I think I'm definitely with Effie on the bit long, bit boring, some nice pictures. I don't know if we helped you purge. Uh, have we helped you work through this? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I do. You gave me Frankenstein, so I am going to reread it because it is one of my favorite books. So I think thinking through all of this stuff just makes me actually want to delve into Frankenstein again. Um, oh, it's an amazing book. And you can dip, you can, book. you can pick it up at any section. It's one of those books you can, cause it is this letter form. You can just, you can dip in and out of it. You know, you can go in for one, this chapter, that chapter, and it's just absolutely full. It's just yeah. exploding with mini themes and incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to revisit it as well, for sure. Frankenstein and blood play. We should do a, also an episode. Away. Mary Shelley was very interesting. So we should bring her in again at some point. So yeah, go see, what was the one with the hot flea bag priest? All of oh, us strangers. All of us strangers. strangers, crude loves. Poor thing. I don't know if we can give official, we should give official ratings. Just um, a warning. <laughs> you give them crude points. Crude points, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was great to, to chat about it with you guys. And also good to be back in the swing of things, back in Berlin, coming your way soon. And that's it for today. Bye. Bye. You've just been listening to Crude. If you'd like to join the conversation, follow us on Insta, crude underscore podcast, C-R-U-D-E underscore podcast, or email us on crude.berlin at gmail.com.